Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at adces24.org. Hello, and welcome to the ADCES podcast, The Huddle, conversations with the diabetes care team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Kirsten Yale, Research Manager at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. And before we get into today's episode, I have an important announcement. August 2020 marks one year of the huddle. We've enjoyed bringing you the practical information you need to optimize care and support your clients. Now, we need your help optimizing this podcast. Please fill out a short survey at diabeteseducator.org forward slash the huddle. If you submit your survey by August 30th, you could receive the newest edition of the Art and Science of Diabetes Care and Education desk reference. Learn more at diabeteseducator.org forward slash the huddle. And now on to today's episode. The number of technological tools and devices that diabetes care and education specialists have in their arsenal continues to grow year after year. However, many barriers stand in the way of getting these tools into practices and into the hands of your clients. We've invited diabetes care and education specialist Diana Isaacs to join us on another episode of The Huddle to discuss ADCES's latest practice paper, Technology Integration, the Role of the Diabetes Care and Education Specialist in Practice. You'll hear about the increasing importance of technology in diabetes care, how can you assess if your system is ready to adapt to new technologies, guidance for incorporating technology into practice, and details on more tools available to you, all in the new practice paper. Diana, welcome to the huddle. Thanks so much for having me. We are so happy to have you back, and this time for a conversation about technology and this new paper that's coming out in TDE on technology integration and the role of the diabetes care and education specialist in practice. One of the areas where ADCES tries to support healthcare professionals is in translating the latest technology and resources into practice. And particularly in technology, you've always been a consistent voice in helping us do this translation piece. So I'm so happy to have you here to talk us through this today. But before we dive into the paper and technology integration, would love it if you can share a little bit of your background and experience. Yeah, sure. So I'm a clinical pharmacist and the CGM program coordinator at the Cleveland Clinic Diabetes Center. And there, you know, we run a robust CGM shared medical appointment program, and we help support people through CGM and through other technology like smart pens. I'm an insulin pump trainer for all the different types of insulin pumps. You know, I'm fortunate to be at a place where we're very forward thinking with technology. And When I came here, I had the opportunity to actually expand our technology use. So believe it or not, even though we're a big, you know, endocrinology diabetes center, I noticed that there were some things we really weren't optimizing. One example is like professional CGM. And so I thought to myself, if a big center like us is not optimizing technology, what does that mean for kind of the rest of the country and smaller practices? So this has really become a passion of mine. 
um, to try to help diabetes care and education specialists help their practices to optimize technology. Yeah, that's fantastic insight. And you guys really do have an incredibly comprehensive technology program. Um, it's really fun to talk to you about this. And that brings me to you know one of my questions that's been on my mind. Why this paper and, and why now? Yeah. So what we find is that there is so much technology that is just exploding every single day. It seems like something new is coming out. It is really difficult for clinicians to keep up with this. There's only so much time in the day, but we know that, you know, technology improves outcomes that it's important and we want to have our patients be able to access this. And so really what we feel like is the diabetes care and education specialist is that perfect person that can be the technology champion at their respective site and can bring this in a way that everyone can benefit from. And so that's why really the paper introduces, you know, it explains the importance of the technology, but also how each respective diabetes care and education specialists can bring this and expand the use of technology in their practice. I loved it because reading through the paper, you guys really gave some like tangible tools and advice for people to use in order to do this integration piece. But what you just said kind of reminds me about the importance of people with diabetes and their access to technology. And I was just thinking about the ADA conference where there was some talk about bias and maybe healthcare professionals not introducing technology. Can you talk a little bit about maybe that therapeutic inertia and like maybe how this paper and the ideas here could overcome that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of assumptions about technology that aren't necessarily correct. For example, one of the biases could be, oh, well, this person is of an older age and can't learn new technology, which we know is not true. Lots and lots of people have a smartphone now and can access and use that for different technologies. Another recent thing I heard from one of my patients was, oh, you know, I heard you have to get really bad diabetes to go on an insulin pump. And that is just not true at all. And in fact, the insulin pump technology is getting simpler. You know, it's advancing. And first of all, there's no such thing as bad diabetes. That is a myth. It's just a different way of, you know, administering insulin. And so there's just so many, I think, biases and myths out there that we need to dispel about technology. And it doesn't have to be this really hard, scary, difficult thing. Yes, it's something new. And because it's something new, there's a little bit to learn. But once you get it, you get the hang of it, and you take that step to learn it, I mean, you'll find it's revolutionary. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear you talk about your patients maybe coming from the different perspectives of different types of diabetes. And I wonder, is there an expansion of technology into primary care and maybe um, the care for people with diabetes with type 2 diabetes? Absolutely. And before I talk about that, I just have to say, because literally right before we did this recording, my patient, 87 years old, um, getting trained on real-time CGM. So I just, I just thought that was really awesome. I'm so excited for her that she's getting to use this fun new tool now. I mean, the reality is most people with type 2 diabetes are seen in primary care. And many people qualify, have insurance coverage, or, you know, it's become more affordable that they can be accessing tools like CGM or connected pens, or even insulin pumps are simpler now often to use and can absolutely be accessed in, I would say, in primary care settings. So that is probably one of the most important settings to try to expand technology use in. Well, I love hearing about your patient that was 87 years old. That's such an awesome story. You know, we don't hear that all the time. And you're probably, you know, in some ways making her life a lot easier. 
so excited for her because she was checking like six times a day doing the finger pricks. Her fingers are so sore. And it's like, I'm so excited for her. It doesn't have to be that hard, right? Right. Yeah. I think she was surprised by how easy it is to insert and to use. Okay. So I'm going to take a little like sidetrack here. And I heard you talk about CGM and pumps and pens. So in the paper, I think there's like some tables or there's some tools that people can use, right? That can help walk healthcare providers through this technology? Absolutely. So we have a lot of different resources. We actually also have an appendix, which we plan to keep uh, regularly updated. That's posted with the paper and talks about, you know, the different types of technologies. We've chosen to give a lot of examples with CGM simply because there's so much data and evidence supporting its use versus Some other technology like mobile apps, you know, is still kind of in its infancy and is kind of evolving to support their use, although we still talk about that too. But we have actually some samples about if you're trying to start, for example, like a professional CGM process in your clinic, your setting, how to go about doing that. We actually have a tool about data interpretation. I'm really excited to share that. It's called Data which is the acronym to describe it. It's a tool for when you're reviewing glucose data with a person with diabetes, how you would go about going through that with them to ultimately have a great discussion and come up with uh, good clinical recommendations through shared decision-making. I was impressed with all of the tools and the appendix because I have seen that it's on the new webpage too that I think is in the resources for this podcast. So incredible resources. And you could almost read those tables and the appendix without reading the paper and it would tell a story in a way in itself. But if we could jump to I love hearing you talk. I mean, because again, you are a champion and you translate how this technology can work in our practices. What about those people that are out there in, like I said, primary care, rural clinics that, you know, it sounds like they have the tools now that they can access on the webpage and in the paper. Are there any concrete steps that you could maybe advise people who are on their own trying to implement technology into their practices for their patients? Yeah, that is a great question. One of the tables in the paper is about configuring technology by practice type. And so it goes into, you know, thinking about, okay, what is your practice setting? So are you a small practice? Are you a primary care practice? Or are you, maybe you're a medium-sized practice, or maybe you're in a high-risk pregnancy clinic, or you're in a large endocrinology practice. And then based on these settings, there's certain things you would want to ask yourself. You would want to identify what is your population? You know, what is the population that you're regularly treating and what are their needs? Are you servicing an older population? Are you servicing more people with type 2 diabetes or type 1 diabetes or people in pregnancy? And then based on that, really trying to figure out what makes most sense for the type to implement And what we know is, yes, technology is really exciting. I'm really excited about it, but you can't implement everything all at once. You got to pick something and go with it and really devote your energy to it and make it good and then kind of go on to the next thing. So, you know, depending on how you answer these questions, maybe that's going to be professional CGM or maybe personal CGM or maybe using something like Gluco to download data or Tidepool. Um, different types of software. Maybe you're going to implement telehealth based on kind of the reimbursement in the current state and the current situation. And then what's also really important with that, that we include is how are you going to evaluate that? Because yes, it's fun to start it. It's fun to do it, but what are the outcomes of it going to be? And that could be something like measuring A1Cs, you know, measuring for CGM, 
time in rate or maybe measuring the reimbursement attached to using the CPT codes and how that's working. So really taking all these things into consideration and then seeing the workload, the quality of life, things like that, how patients are perceiving it. And so we really, we walk through all of that in this paper to really make it a very practical guide. So diabetes care and education specialists can take this. And ideally, every person is going to start one new technology in their respective practice after reading this. See, that seems like a tangible step to me, that like one new technology every day. And it kind of brings back to me this question I thought all the way through listening to you, that there is something about the diabetes care and education specialist being comfortable with technology before they work with a person with diabetes. Is that part of the choice that a, a DCES has to make? You know, they really work in partnership with a person with diabetes, but their comfort level with technology before, you know, working with somebody? So I think technology, we're all learning it. And you don't have to feel like you are a master before you can approach this. Because if we waited till we were all master, you know, then you might never do anything, right? It doesn't always have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect at something before you just go ahead and you dive into it. And you may learn with your patients, right? You know, if you don't know the answer to something, you can seek out the respective companies who make the different technology or experts in the field. So I definitely don't think that we need to know everything before starting it. But what I do think is that we owe it to people with diabetes to give them their choices and that they need to know they have different technology options and they should be able to make an informed decision about what technology they choose. If we don't present the options to them, we're not providing good care. They need to know what's out there. And so that I do believe is our responsibility as diabetes care and education specialists to present the different technology options and then help them set it up if they should choose pursuing those technology options. I love that. And you know what it reminds me is one of the greatest parts about this profession is constantly learning. You never stop learning. And how many professions or how many careers do you get to get into that you get to do that? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things I just love about diabetes so much, like helping people with diabetes so much is that we are, we're all learning. It's a big puzzle that we're trying to figure out. There's always new advances. And it's also just so exciting because I feel like every day it gets better. There's more options to help people with diabetes. And you mentioned something earlier on about quality of life. I mean, have you really seen this change? Like technology, like made some major quality of life changes positively for people you work with? Oh my gosh. It is incredible. Like for example, people, when they go on their first hybrid closed loop, you know, insulin pump with CGM. So that's where, you know, they're interconnected and the pump can be adjusting the insulin rates based on the CGM readings. I mean, it's like magic the way that it takes someone who maybe had a little bit of erratic glucose readings and a lot of those ups and downs, which don't feel good. You know, when you're, you're low, that doesn't feel good. It can take a long time to really fully recover. And also running high doesn't feel good. And you take that and you help stabilize all that through the technology. I mean, it's, I would say it's another reason I love my job so much is that people are thanking me all the time for how much, you know, their life is better and how it's improved and how they feel so much better all the time. I mean, it's really, it's so incredible and it it is really so rewarding. It is life-changing and it's incredible the impact that this profession can have. And I loved hearing you talk through that. You know what, Diana, we're coming up to the end of our time. I hate that, but what would be your calls to action for diabetes care and education specialists that are listening to this? What would you like to leave them with? You should read this paper. (laughs) This paper is really great. 
It's really practical. And please go ahead and look through the different tables, which are really there to help you understand the different technology options and how to really implement it on a practical level. Even thinking about things like the stakeholders involved, we understand that you may need to get IT permissions at your respective site. You may need to engage different stakeholders to get permission to invest maybe a little bit of money to initially have a new platform. And so we really provide the how-to on that. And so I encourage you to read that. Also look through the appendix. There's a lot of hopefully what will be great resources for you, even if it's a current technology you're already using or something that you're thinking about using. And my call to action is really stay informed, be the technology champion at your practice. Because if you don't do it, I don't think anyone will. And we're in that position that we can take ownership of this And we have a tremendous opportunity to help our entire practice out, but most importantly, help all those people living with diabetes. So that is my call to action. And I hope you enjoy the paper. And please feel free to reach out to me if you have any comments or, you know, any questions or anything you wanted to discuss about it. It is an incredible paper. And I would say that investment of time that you just talked about on being the champion really does change lives. And I love that final message you left us with. So Diana, thank you. It is always great to have you on the huddle and I hope you come back again soon. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. We just heard from Diana on how integrating technology into your practice can help you reduce therapeutic inertia, improve health outcomes, and deliver high quality patient-centered care. At ADCES, we believe that diabetes care and education specialists are in a unique position to become leaders of diabetes technology. And this new paper is another resource we've developed to help you realize this potential. We urge you to read the new paper and access more diabetes technology resources at diabeteseducator.org forward slash technology integration. If you're an ADCES member, remember that you also have unlimited access to danatech.org, a robust, reliable website exclusively dedicated to diabetes technology. And if you think your team could benefit from customized training on topics like CGM, insulin pump therapy, and pattern management, ADCES workforce training can help. Visit diabeteseducator.org forward slash workforce to learn more about this training today. To access notes and resources from today's discussion, head over to diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.